Great. Good morning. How are you today? Let's give it a hand to the Lord. Let's give it a hand because He is good and He is great. Um, and we're excited to be here this morning. Uh, normally, rainy mornings are hard to get up, right? Kind of the bed. I also want to lose you, you know. And um, uh, But uh, we're excited to be here this morning. And uh, 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 the Lord is, is good to us. And uh, we have been talking the last weeks about uh, vision. And uh, three weeks ago, we, talk, we spoke about the vision the Lord uh, have gave to us as a church. Uh, we talk about uh, the vision we have about small groups and how important it is for us. We have to understand again that this is not South City vision, it's the Lord vision. It's, it's widely in the book of Acts, uh, you know, show us uh, how the early Christians uh, were able to have relationships with one another and fellowship and grow because they were together uh, worshiping the Lord in their homes. And uh, we, last week we talked about the values of our church and, and the Lord wants us to put those in practice as a body. Uh, we're about to start a new series called Stories, and uh, it's, it's very excited. Uh, uh, but I was thinking this week, well, you know, we talk about uh, small groups and, and, you know, values of the church. We, we, I feel the Lord put in my heart, we need to talk also about the vision that he had for us individually. And he, uh, he has something for us specially. And in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2 and verse 10, if you have your Bible, your iPhone, your iPad, you know, with your Bible, uh, eh, let's go to Ephesians 2.10. Uh, y si tienen sus Biblias en el libro de Ephesians, capítulo 2, versículo 10, um, the Bible says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Porque somos hechura suya, creados en Cristo Jesús para buenas obras, las cuales Él preparó de antemano para que anduviésemos en ellas. And so, uh, we are the greatest creation of God. And uh, we have created, Ephesians says, in Christ Jesus, for a reason. God has created us for a reason. Uh, and a lot of the times we think that God has created us to uh, work and make money uh, and spend it so we can work more and make more money, right? And that will make us happy. And, um, and that's what society thinks. And, um, but God has created us for a greater purpose. The, el Señor nos ha creado por un propósito más grande que solamente trabajar, que solamente hacer dinero. So, He has created us, what the Bible says, can you help me? He has created us uh, 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 for, He has created us in Christ Jesus for what the Bible says. Do you have a Bible? Are you here with me today? You wake up? You can pinch the one next to you if he's sleeping. Uh, you can do it, you know, pinch his eyes or something. If you say false sleep, you can, you know. But so he has created us to, to do what? To do good works. Great, great. You remember me? I, I like for you to participate. You know, I, I don't want to feel you're alone. And, and 
You can say amen. It's, it's, it's fine. You know, amen says then I'm awake, you know. I'm not sleeping or amen, you know. But no, amen, you know, means that you agree with what you're hearing from Scripture. So, so he has created us to do good works. So what kind of good works? Those are somebody's hammer. I don't know. Uh, what kind of good works? Well, you know, uh, discover this in our life is so important. At least for God, it's important. Uh, it's so important, and he has been working on those for a long time. Efficiencies that uh, God prepared those good works, your good works beforehand for a long time. Um, so, uh, he had been working on those long before you were born. So, find the purpose of your life in Christ. Find uh, that. It's, it's super important to God, but it's also, it has to be super important to you. Uh, how important is to find the reason we were created? Well, it's important to God. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about Peter this morning. And in Matthew 4, 18, uh, the Bible says, uh, And walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brethren, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And yes, there's scripture there in the TV. It used to be like, you know, when you hear in the pages of the Bible, you know, it kind of way to keep talking, but it's no longer that. So uh, Peter was a fisherman, and you have to remember that, and, and at the end, we're going to find out why he was a fisherman. And the background of the story of Peter in that time, in that period of history, uh, you know, will show us why Peter was a fisherman. Uh, and so, uh, but we're, to go, we're going to talk to, we're going to talk about that at the end. Pedro era un pescador, y el contexto de la historia nos va a decir por qué es que Pedro era un pescador. Estamos leyendo en, en, en Mateo 4, 18. So, the first thing, the first uh, point, the first thing that uh, you have to do to discover the good works of the Lord, the words that has prepared for you, uh, is being responsive. You have, to, you have to be willing. You have to respond promptly. You know, uh, the Lord, the Lord's not going to send an angel like in the Old Testament. And he's not going to open a hole in the ceiling and he will tell you, you are the chosen one. You know, he's not going to do that again. We have the, we have, uh, the greatest uh, prophecy right now in the scripture. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have to be responsive to the, the, the call of the Lord. We have to be responsive to him. So Matthew 4, 19 keeps saying, And he said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Again, Matthew 4, 19 and he says unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway, just like that, 
they, uh, they left the nets and followed him. Wow. You know, when, when we read this, it's like, how, how, how these people were able to do that? They, they you know, uh, la Biblia dice que él los llamó y ellos al instante dejaron las redes y los siguieron. God wants us to use us the way we are, with the abilities that we have. When, when, when Jesus, because uh, Jesus was God and he, he knew everything, he knows everything, uh, he says, well, you, 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 you're fishermen, well, I want to make you fishers of men. And, you know, that means God wants us to use our abilities in a better way. Follow me and I will make you, what is your profession? What, what, do, you, what do you do for a living? Well, if you're a teacher, Jesus want, wants to make you a teacher of uh, men. If, you are, if you're a seller, if you are a housekeeping, if you are uh, a carpenter, uh, if you are a computer know-it-all people. <laughs> we have a lot of those these days. You know, Jesus wants to use those abilities for his glory. We, we, sometimes we think that, okay, you know, uh, Okay, we're going to have an outreach, and so we kind of transform, and now I'm, a, a, you know, I'm going to do outreach. And, and, and you know, when, when Jesus was going to Peter, okay, you're a fisherman. Now you're going, to, you're going to be a fisher of men. You know, it means that, you know, you can use your abilities, what you do for a living, every time, every day, all day for his glory. We don't have to divide. Uh, we don't have to divide uh, our profession. We don't have to divide, uh, you know, uh, uh, when we are working and when we are, uh, you know, uh, in the church, you can have Christian conversation with others in every area of your life. This is a higher calling. You have to live. You have to live daily what you say you believe. You have to live it daily. You know, uh, we talk about what is important to us. If, uh, you know, I remember we were in high school, you know, we talk about tennis shoes, and I don't know how many of you remember, it used to be a Reebok brand, and it was called the Pump. How many of you remember? You, know, you kind of pump those shoes, and, and, and he says, supposedly, the air will, will make you more, you know, in your feet. So everybody was talking about, oh, man, you know. So I was living in Guatemala, but I have the blessing that I have an aunt here in California, so uh, one Christmas, she told me, um, what do you want me to send you? And I said, send me a pair of Reebok pump. <laughs> Gosh, you know, from the United States. Can you imagine that? They were nice, you know, uh, gray or black and green and yellow. Oh, man, and, and you know, when from another country, you don't find those shoes easily, you know, in, in, in our country. So everybody was talking, oh, Elvis, those are awesome shoes, man. Let me, you know, where do you get it? And I was like, yeah, you know. Thank you, you know. <laughs> but we talk about things that, that are important to us. And um, we talk about, uh, we talk daily. So, you know, sometimes we're, sometimes we talk about all the negative aspects in our lives. Every day it's like, you know, people is already negative at work, right? When you go to work. People is already complaining. Oh, it's raining. Oh, it's shining. Oh, so hot. Oh, so cold. Right? So we don't need more negativism in the world. We already have that. 
You know, we have to make a difference if the Lord will, will convert our communities. We have to make a difference. Uh, church, God is calling you to a better way of life. And that's the, that's, the, that's the subject of today, a better way of life. Are you going to respond like Peter straightway? In Spanish, Bible says at the instant, at that same moment, they throw the nets and follow Jesus. In this time as a church, we are in, we are, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not big enough to have a lot of people. There's a lot of different needs. In the time we are as a church, um, we need people who can say, uh, what do you need me to do, God? Uh, we need people ready to be involved, ready to serve. You know, I, I don't like when the pastor is asking week after week, hey, you sign up, please, for so and so. We, we should be responsive, right? Because that's the first point. We have to be responsive. Amen? Amen. If God is calling you, us, it's important, right? And uh, so we have to be responsive. Uh, it's, it's needs in all different ministers, in children, in LSY, in small groups. Please go to small group, you know. Please uh, 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 get involved. And we're like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. And... Uh, Find out if any if you don't if you don't hear man well I think I have a special talent I can do I don't know uh, I can pay with my feet or something like that I don't know what you're good with you know but find out you know you can talk with one of the pastors you know and say hey brother you know I I, I can, can you know can can we do this uh, but uh, what is your actual what is your actual area of service in the church right now. Let me ask you this. Think about this. Don't answer me. Don't answer the one next to you. Answer yourself. What, in what you are involved in the church right now? Or what, what area are you serving the Lord today? Well, maybe not today. Most of us from here are going to go eat and then take a nap, right? But in a daily basis in your life, what, is, what, what are you serving? Um, what is your ministry? What need of your church you are helping to fulfill? And if you cannot say that, brothers and sisters, we need to get involved today. Because, uh, you know, some, some of us will think that, the, I hate this, uh, I think it's a sickness called the Sunday attending only. Have you heard about that? The Sunday attending only? Some people think that that's, that's well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them the honors to see me every Sunday, you know. <laughs> So Sunday attending only is, you know, some of us believe that that's, that's enough. Oh, you know, oh, it was so hard to, in this rainy day, you know. And, and, and uh, some of us think that that is enough for the Lord. Um, so the first thing that you have to do is you have to be willing to respond. You have to, you have to be responsive. God wants to use you and he wants you to have a better life. If you, if you don't know what it is to serve God and to be involved in, 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 in something of the Lord, you, you, you're losing the joy of being a Christian. You don't know what it is really to be a Christian. I'm telling you. And your Christianity will be sad 
Because, because, you know, you don't know really what is to get involved. You know, real, real Christianity is to be, it's, it's about others. It's not about us. And, uh, but we, we, we focus so much on ourselves. Um, so we have to be available. We have to, you know, we, we, we freak out when, when, it's, when we, somebody, hey, can you help me? Oh, I don't know. And we don't want to respond. Even we, we, we know we don't have nothing to do, but, oh, I don't know. Uh, let me check my schedule. Oh, I, I don't have a schedule. <laughs> well, we get freaked out. And um, the second thing you have to do to discover the good works that the Lord has prepared for you is give it a try. So you have to be responsive. You have to give it a try. You have to try. I'm not going to say that all the ministries that you have done in your life, you're going to stay there forever. You know, I'm not going to say then uh, for some of you who serve in the kids' ministry, you're going to stay there forever. I remember when I was, uh, uh, you know, when I was a teenager, I was helping uh, a little bit uh, with the babies, and uh, I'm glad the Lord called me out. <laughs> but I, I, I try. I, I was like, when I was in church, I was like, well, I'm just going to give it a try. I'm going to try. Voy a probar. I'm going to try, and and you know. If I don't like it, I'm going to keep going. But the worst thing, you know what is the worst, worst thing that you can do? Nothing. The worst thing you can do is nothing. And so uh, the second thing that you have to do to discover those words that the Lord has for you, that he has prepared for you before you were born, then they are waiting for you. And that do, do, doing those things will make you happy. La segunda cosa que el Señor tiene para ti, que te va a hacer feliz, que Él ha creado desde antes de la fundación del mundo, es prueba. Try. Give it a try. You're not going to experience real life um, if you're not, if you're not, uh, if you're not getting involved. If you're just an observer, you have to try. Can you say with me, I have to try? Say it again, I have to try. Please try, try. Maybe, maybe you don't, you know, maybe, I don't know, you know, say, darling, I would like to sing. And then, you know, if you're being, uh, uh, you know, if you're being tested or something, maybe, you know, you have a voice of, uh, uh, I don't know, the name of those black bears there, you know, the, how you call those birds? I know the name in Spanish. Crows? Yeah, maybe. And my brother said, well, sister, brother, you know, maybe you can be a greeter. <laughs> With, you know, but you have to give it a try at least, you know. You have to give it a try. Uh, but the worst thing you can do is nothing. And, and uh, you know. Uh, maybe, uh, you, okay, maybe you know your ministry. Maybe you can serve in other churches. Uh, and you say, well, you know, I know how to do this and that. Well, are you doing it? You know? You know how to do it. Are you doing it right now? Uh, uh, or maybe you don't know your ministry. Uh, maybe you don't know your name. But uh, try different things, but don't wait too much. We have a, we have a say in Spanish. And I don't know if you have it in English. And I try to translate this, but laziness. The, the, this, this saying says, idle mind is the worship of Satan. I don't know if you have something like that in English. 
But idle mind, or you know, is the workshop of Satan. You know, if you if you observe your life, and if you see the moments when the devil is tempting you more, you'll find out then is when you're alone, where you're not doing nothing. So you're more secure when you are serving. It doesn't matter that you work and then you get tired. If you're, you know, most of the time. You're going to be alone when the devil is going to tempt you more. So uh, get involved. Give it a try. Um, idle mind is the worship of Satan. En español decimos, la mente desocupada es el taller de Satanás. Así que tenemos que involucrarnos. Aunque estemos cansados, aunque tenemos que involucrarnos, porque Satanás quiere tomar control de la mente desocupada. So the worst thing you can do. Are you Lord? Where's the microphone? No. Okay, the beard. Yeah, my wife hates this beard. I'm not going to cut it, but I don't want to look so young, so I keep it, you know, a little bit. Matthew 14, 27. Can you go to Matthew 14, 27, please? Matthew 14, 27. And if you find it, you can use, well, it's in the screens. Matthew 14, 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is, I do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if, it's, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he says, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But think about that for a moment. And the, the, the background story is Jesus told them to go in a boat and he stay, and then, I don't know why, you know, I think Jesus wanted to make a joke to him. He says, go. And then he come back walking on the water, you know, and then it was a storm. And they see these ghosts, and they all freak out. Oh! And, and so Peter says, uh, Lord, it is you. But then he says, tell me, if, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. I just, I'm just, I'm just thinking about the other disciples there. Like, what, Peter? What, what are you saying? Uh, 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 I'm thinking about, like, gosh, you know, uh, what, 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 what's this Peter talking about? And, um, you know, it was Peter who left the boat to walk on the water to Jesus. Peter is the only human, I don't know if you ever think about this, but Peter is the only human beside Jesus who knew what it feels to walk on water. He was brave enough to give it a try. He's the only one in history, forever and ever, who knows what it feels to walk on water. Why are you keep watching miracles? When you can be the miracle. Why can you uh, steal one of the observers? Why are you keep watching uh, the miracle when you can be the miracle? When you can experience the miracle? Why are you still one of the hundreds who just hear preacher, Jesus preach instead of sitting right next to him and eat at his table and ask him directly? Why uh, uh, are you still an observer instead of being part of the church? I don't understand. Peter didn't understand that. 
You know, and he, he says, well, Jesus, if it's you, let me give it a try. You have to be willing. You have to give it a try. And the third thing is you must continue. You must continue despite our failures. You must continue. The ministry, the kingdom of Jesus is life or death for so many people. We must continue. We'll fail. That's, that's the reality. We, we're going to fail. Uh, but we must continue. We must continue despite our failures. You know, uh, and if you know the story of Peter, oh, he, he, he knew about failures. Um, you know, uh, Jesus, Peter was, uh, was aggressive defending Jesus when he was in a group. You know, when they came to take Jesus in John 18, 10, you know, he'd take out the sword and cut the ear. Wow, you know, he was, we're here, we're, we're a gang, you know, we're, we're a group of, of, of disciples, you know. But then in Matthew 26, 74, when he was alone, he was, he was afraid. He was a coward when they asked him, hey, you, you, you were part of that group. In Matthew 26, 74 says, then he began to invoke a curse. Uh, he, he, he was cursing. That's what the Bible says in Matthew 26, 74. You want to read it. Matthew 26, 74, then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And then the Bible keeps saying in 75, and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Every time I, I think I know too much, every time I think then that I want to fail, I, I like this scripture. And, and he wept bitterly, personally, sadly. Gosh, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we're, we're too proud when we make mistakes, right? When, when, when we make mistakes and somebody finds out, like, we get mad instead of, instead of, Start crying and ask forgiveness to the Lord. And uh, we're like, you know, gosh, you, you, you cannot put the finger on me because you're also a sinner. And I like the attitude of Peter, you know. Oh, he, you know, he denied Jesus. Not once. Three times. And he was doing that using bad words. But when he remembered Jesus, when he remembered that, that, that promise to him, he started he started crying sadly. Maybe you're thinking today, uh, brother, you don't know how, what I have done. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really a bad person. I'm not worthy. A lot of us think that way, you know. I, you know, I, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start getting involved when I become better. Right? I'm waiting on that day, right? We're going we're gonna to find a skeleton. They're waiting on the day that we, we're better, right? It's like people, when, when, they're, when they're afraid of being baptized, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be baptized 
when, when, I, when I stop sinning, when I'm stopped doing sins, okay, well, you're never going to be baptized, you know. Never, because we're never going to be good enough, you know. We're never going to be perfect enough. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the times in Christianity, when you act, when you experience, you will understand. But we, we want to understand it first. Oh, let me, let me understand it, and then I'm going to do it. And you're never going to understand it because you're not doing it. That's the reality with baptism. That's the reality with serving the Lord. Oh, I don't know. Let me think about it. You will never find that joy of the Lord. You will never find that good works that the Lord has prepared for you if you don't give it a try. If you don't continue. Some of us will say, well... Some of us were thinking this morning, well, I don't, you know, I'm not worthy. Others might think, well, you know, I haven't done anything. I'm so scared. I'm too afraid of doing anything. And what if I fail? What if I do it wrong? So I better, I better not get involved. Um, some others will say, well, brother, I would love to, but I don't have time. Uh, life is busy, and I have to live it. I, I need to enjoy it. And, you know, Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. There's a time for everything. And there's a time in your schedule, your weekly schedule, for you to serve the Lord. I'm sure it is, if you look. I'm sure it's a time if, if you're willing I'm sure there's a time if you give it a try. You know, the Lord prepared those good works for you before you were born. They're there waiting for you. People is there waiting for you to be saved. You know, there's people that is not going to be saved because of me. It's going to be because of you. And they're there waiting for you to get involved. Because the Lord will use you. You. Because you are special, but you have to realize today the Lord has a special vision for us, the church. The Lord has a special vision for us as individuals. And the worst thing we can do is nothing. Uh, so I'm going to tell you something today. The first step, we need to repent. You know, all these uh, examples are sinful Maybe we have denied the Lord with our life, with our actions, in front of our friends. Uh, the pressure is too much. Oh, I cannot tell them I'm a Christian. I cannot tell them I'm going to church. I cannot talk to these people in my work. They're going, they're going to laugh. They, you know, I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. If they ask me a question, 99.9% .9 of the time, they're not going to ask you. They're going to be glad. There's people in, you know, there's people in your, in your job in your family, who I'm sure are talking to you this week about problems, about issues. And you know why the Lord is putting you that opportunity? Because he wants you to use that and minister to them. But you know what we do? We, we, we talk to them humanly. We say, well, you know, we, we, we give them human advice instead of, instead of, instead of give them heavenly advice, if you want to say it that way. Um. Well, if we have denied the Lord, today is the day that we need to cry harder to him and say, I'm sorry, Jesus. 
The second step to, to the first step to, to repentance is realize what we have done. Maybe us will say, like, well, we haven't done anything. Maybe us today you say, well, we, we have done a lot. And the second thing will be uh, repentance. Repentance is to realize who God is and what He has done for you. And you know what He has done for you? Ephesians 2 10 says, For we are His workmanship. We are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for, for us, right? To satisfy our desires. No. For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The Lord of the universe is calling you to have a life like never before. You, have exp you haven't experienced real Christianity. You haven't lived completely. You haven't experienced life totally. If you're not fulfilling the area that God created for you. So let me end with this. Why Peter responds so quickly to Jesus when he called him. In the, in the world of the first century Christianity, there were three levels of education. And I want you to listen to this and it will change... Uh, some of the scriptures you have read before. Regularly in the Jewish culture of Jesus, uh, kids were taught the Torah. The Torah is the first five books of the Bible. In the local synagogue, beginning at the age of six, they had classes five days a week, just like we do today. By the time we're about 10 years old, they have memorized all of those five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And that special school is called Bet Sefer. Uh, most Jewish kids were pretty well finished with school after this and went home to learn the family trade, like fishing or carpentry or something like that. Eighty percent of the kids didn't make the cut. They already, you know, uh, they were sure that they will remember the first five books of the Bible. But uh, now the kids who were really the best of the best among them were allowed to continue in school in something called Bet Talmud. Here they study all the rest of the Hebrew scriptures or what, what we call today our Old Testament. And, uh, and memorize all of them between the ages of 10 to 14. During this time, they will memorize, you know, from Joshua to Malachi. And not only memorize it, but, but, um, but uh, during this time, students also learn the Jewish art of questions and answers. Sound like a small group. Instead of, uh, instead of just remembering, they were trained to... Ask questions, to think about it. Um, they thought to answer with another question, to create analysis and conversation. In this way, students could demonstrate both their knowledge of, this, of the Scripture and also their regard, the great regard to Scriptures. This was the second level of, of, of studies, and it was, just, uh, it was just for the best of the best. But there was a third level of school. And it's called Bet Medrash. 
And it means house of study. It means house of interpretation. Very few of these students, very few of these students ever made it this far. You know, being a rabbi in the first century was like being a superhero today. You know, being a rabbi was, you know, being respected and being part of an elite society in, in the first century. Uh, and so, uh, for the few who did the cut, for very few, there were another set of studies called Bet Midrash. And if you were smart enough and knew your scriptures well enough to make this far, you were given the opportunity to go to a rabbi. And listen to this. If you were in the third level, they will, you'll have the opportunity to go to a rabbi and you'll say to them, can I follow your way? You know, in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way. And there's a lot of Hebrew connotations in, in, in the Bible. So if you were in this third level, you were a part of a few, you will be able, you have the opportunity to go to Rabbi and ask, and ask can I follow your way? So the rabbi will grill you and ask you all kind of questions because he was trying to find out if you were good enough to be his student. He wanted to know if you were good enough, but more importantly, if you could be like him in all areas of life because you will perpetuate the knowledge of the rabbi. There's God waking you up. And if he decide that, if the rabbi decide that he thinks that you could do it, if, if, the, if the rabbi decide, well, you know, you love the Lord and you know scriptures, but I don't think you can be my student. He will send you back to the family business. He will send you back, okay, keep working on carpentry, keep working on fishermen. But if he decide and you could do it, then he will tell you, okay, the rabbi will tell you, come, follow me. And um, if he taught highly enough of you, he will become your teacher, and it will be your goal to become like him in every way. You will agree to take on his beliefs, because when rabbis get together, get it, well, they were getting together, you know, they were, they were talking about the scripture, they were like, you know, what these scriptures, what do you think about this? And some rabbi will say, well, well I, I think my interpretation is this, and some other one will say, so they have different ways of studying scripture, so... If you were a student of one of these uh, rabbis, you, you have to, you have to uh, become like him. You have to learn his knowledge. The knowledge of a rabbi is called yoke. The knowledge of, of this rabbi, of each rabbi individually, was called a yoke. And if you were accepted again by this guy, he will say to you, come follow me. This was a huge privilege that was offered to very few people. The disciple job was to become like the rabbi in every way. Think like him. Be like him. And this is what it, real, this is what it really means to be a disciple. Stories in Galilee says that when a rabbi was walking, you know, Jewish people always take, take things to the extreme. Uh, his disciples will walk in his footsteps. 
just because they have to, they, they, they just want to be like him in every way. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So why Peter responds automatically when Jesus called him? I don't know if, he, if you understand now why. Because Jesus was a rabbi. And it was, Jesus was invited Peter to come to the life that Peter was dreaming about. Uh, and every Jewish kid, children, was dreaming about. You know, the world called us. The world let us think that as Christians, we're the same. The world makes us think that as Christians, we're average, we're normal. Let me tell you, we're not. You know, Jesus, uh, Peter left the net right now because a rabbi was telling him, follow me. But if you remember, Peter was what? Peter was a fisherman. So that means that he probably was rejected in certain time of his life. So probably somebody in the first step or in the second step, I don't know how long Peter went. They told him, hey, hey, Peter. Go and learn the family business. You know, he didn't make the cut. Peter was not one of the chosen ones. He was working. When a rabbi came and says, hey, follow me. In an instant. That's the reason in an instant. He left the nets and says, gosh, are you calling me to, to the best life that I, that I have dreamed? This is real. Sometimes we think that, uh, you know, uh, we're not special. Sometimes we think that uh, we're common, normal persons. And, you know, we have to realize that we're special. Because today it's a rabbi called Jesus calling you to experience life like never before. Maybe you, you think, well, you know, I'm a normal Christian. That's, that doesn't exist. That's a contradiction. Christians are not normal. Real Christians are not part of this world. And maybe this sounds too bold, but if you're too, if you're too, uh, 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 if you're too happy with the world, maybe you need to receive Jesus Christ today. Real Christians are not common Christians. That's a contradiction in terms. So there's a rabbi today calling you to lift the nets and follow him. There's, there's, there's Jesus Christ is calling you today to experience a life, to experience his, his joke, his, his knowledge. Jesus Christ is calling you today to be like him. And to get out of the average life. 
and come to the life you always have dreamed. Experience the world that he has prepared for you before you were born. He has a vision for you. He has a special vision for your life. So what are you going to do today? Are you going to be willing? Gosh, I, I will jump. I will throw my nets and say, yes, I'll follow you. I hope that you don't, I hope you don't like to be average. I hope you don't like... I love you don't want to be like a regular Christian because it doesn't exist. We are here to make a difference in the world. And today, we can say, today I'm going to follow you, Jesus, with pleasure. I'm going to serve you with contentment and joy. And with this same joy, I'm going to leave everything for you with pleasure. I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. To be like you. To become who you are. To be like Jesus. This rabbi is calling you to be like him. The Lord wants to change the vision of your life. And, you know, for some of us, it means a ministry in our work with our family. But your mindset, your vision, Jesus is calling you to change that today. So, like the first point, are you willing? Do you want to? Do you want to follow this rabbi? Do you want to uh, be responsive to him? He's calling us. You know, the, the average, I hate, I hate that word, the average Anglo church in North America is dying. It's dying. It breaks my heart. We have saw that for 15 years that we have lived here in the United States. Average churches are dying because average Christianity doesn't exist. And if you love your people, and if we love all our people, we have, we need to quit thinking that we are average. We need to respond to the Lord next week, next year, no, today. Today is the day of repentance. Today. So why you don't close your eyes there? And the altar is open. This altar is for our knees. Do you know that? And we have to, we have to with, our, with our eyes closed, we have to quit thinking about others. Please, this is for you and the Lord. You know, do, do you want to come and pray? Do you want to, to say, Lord, I want to follow you. Are you going to respond to the calling of this rabbi today? Are you tired of being average? I am. Do you want to experience the life that Jesus has? With your eyes closed. Why you don't talk to the Lord there? And you know, if, if a change is going to start in our communities, it's going to be with us. If the Lord is going to do something with the world, it starts with 120 in a room. Do you want to pray? Do you want to pray this morning? The altar is open. It's for you to come and say, Lord, I'm here. You know, I'm here. Here I am. Use me. 
excuse me, I was thinking I was only a fisherman, but I can be, I can do greater things for you. I can, I can make a difference in the world. I can make a difference in my family. How many of our family are hurting? How many of our friends are waiting for us to tell them about Jesus? How many of them? This call is for you today. This call is for you today. To be brave enough and to take a stand for him. To tell Jesus, I am here. The altar is open. Just talk about just talk about you and God. It's for you. You can, you know, you can come to the altar. You can you can uh, kneel there in your chair also. But he's calling us. And I want, I want you to close your eyes and pray for God. Maybe you haven't been involved. You should, have been, you should ask for repentance. There's no difference between Peter denying him. Are you willing to respond? Are you willing to respond? Are you willing to make a difference in your life, in your family, in your community? I'm sure there's something. There's fire there in your heart. You cannot deny. You can try. But you're going to come to the conclusion. Then Jesus wants to use you.